The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? But Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I guess this past year, it officially hit. It, it became known that I could no longer help any of my children with a lot of their homework. Our oldest daughter is, she started her junior year in college, and she's a nursing major, so that's well beyond anything that, that I can do. Uh, maybe help write a paper, because, you know, I do know English, but nursing, that's beyond me. My youngest is finishing up her freshman year in high school this year, and, and that's the year that they start getting into math and sciences that is also beyond my capabilities. Now see, it was easy in, in elementary school. My wife's an elementary school teacher, no problem. She had all that handled. Middle school, I could, you know, I could do some of that. But high school, no. It's not that I didn't take it. You see, I took all the way through calculus. That's right. In my little high school, if you were going to college, especially if you wanted to go to the University of North Carolina, which I did, you had to take calculus. Well, as you all know the story, the University of North Carolina did not, however, want me, so my, my struggles in calculus went for nothing, as did my entire time there. You see, I got the call to ministry the summer before, I, before my senior year in high school, which is the year that I took calculus. Now, if you don't know what calculus is, it's a math class, and that's all I know about calculus. There are two groups of people that need calculus. Engineers and calculus teachers. Now you'll notice there is nowhere in that that listed pastor. I knew going in I was never going to use calculus. And I can tell you after 21 years of ministry, I was right. I have never once used calculus 
or geometry or trigonometry or algebra for that matter. Never. I've got people for that, right? I've got Mr. Hugh Caldwell, our church treasurer. He does the math. I don't. But still, I, I took it. And it was the entire time, it was just worthless to me. You know, I knew that I didn't need to know it. But it's good that some people do, right? I mean, there's stuff that we sort of go through on a need-to-know basis, right? Your TV remote. There are people that know that when you touch a button, that it, whatever it causes to happen, shoots a beam to your television, to your cable box, it shoots something up to the space, and, and, and there's satellites, and, and then it back down to your television, and it tells it what to do. And there are people that know and understand that. The rest of us, all we need to know is what the buttons do. Some people don't even need to know anything more than the volume and the channel control and the on-off switch, right? And there are people that know and understand what your car does. They know about catalytic converters and pistons and, and rods and, and all the things that make it go. The rest of us are just happy when we turn the key, it turns on, and it goes the speed we want to go, and we'll stop when we want it to, Right? And then there are people that know everything there is to know about the human body. They know about the bones and the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments and the organs and the systems and how it all works together. The rest of us just care that we're breathing in and out, right? But then there are some people that want to know everything. You know, we call these people Jeopardy contestants. They want to know everything about everything. You ever met anybody like that? And they really do. They, they, they dig and, and they want to know more knowledge and gain it. And it doesn't matter the subject. They want to learn about it. You know, they, they want to know about the human body. And they want to know about physics. And, and they want to know about, about geology. And they want to know about history and, and languages. And they pour all that stuff in and they just, they just thrive for that knowledge. In the Bible, we call this guy Nicodemus. Nicodemus, we heard about in, in our gospel reading today, went to Jesus by night. Now, that's an important statement because in John's gospel, he uses a lot of symbolism. And any time you hear about night or darkness, it means something. It means one of two things. It either means that he went with wrong intentions or that he went in confusion. Here, I think we can, it, it's safe to assume that he really wanted to know more. He went in confusion. He didn't understand. So he was seeking knowledge. And, and he went to Jesus and he said, you know, we know that you're from God because nobody who's not from God can do the things that you're doing. So Jesus throws at him and says, you know, anybody who wants to see the kingdom has to be born from above. So Nicodemus fires a question right back at him, you know. Well, wait a minute. So how can that be? You know, uh, can somebody be born from his mother twice? And so Jesus says, no, you have to be born of water and spirit. And, and, and so Nicodemus then shows as much as he wants to, but he still doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. Today, we celebrate Holy Trinity Sunday. It's a day in the church year that we don't understand. I mean... We know that the Holy Trinity is a huge part of our faith. It's, you know, a very big part of our faith. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God and three persons, right? We've all heard that. 
Can anyone explain it to me? Good, because I can't explain it to you either. Because this is part of our faith that's the calculus of, of, no, it's probably more like the quantum physics of theology. Okay, this is something I don't think that we're meant to understand. Just like Nicodemus went and, and wanted to understand it and couldn't. This is one of those things that I'm not sure that we can get our mind around. But I can tell you this. The Holy Trinity is about relationship. And this is where it falls down. It's about how the Father and Son and Spirit relate to one another as one God in, in three persons. And so, but then we start thinking, okay, well then, why did Jesus pray if He's the Father and the Son. Who is he talking to himself? And then, okay, if he leaves and the Spirit comes, then he didn't really leave. And, and so we start getting into all those questions, and we end up with more questions and answers. Or we'll, or we'll say something more, oh, it's like ice, water, and steam. It's, one, and it's just a bunch of heresies. And the truth is, we just don't understand it, do we? We, like Nicodemus, are in the dark. So is this, then, something like calculus that we just don't really need to worry about? It's just like our remote control. So long as I know how the buttons work, it's just fine. So long as my car turns on and goes, that's really all I need. I don't think so. I think that it's important for us to continually ask questions and grow in our faith. You know, as we look at the six signs of living, the way that we understand discipleship here at Pisgah, the second one is increased faith. It's where we talk about reading, our, reading the Bible and going to Sunday school classes and Bible studies so we can continually understand more. But the truth is, it's one of those things that, that scares us, right? I mean... Because how are we ever supposed to get our minds around the Almighty? This was Isaiah's problem too. You see, when, when, it, comes, when it comes to thinking of God, it's about relationship. And so as we go back to Isaiah, we see that he, he sees God sitting on his throne and the hem of his, uh, of his robe filled the whole temple. But Isaiah's response was not like, wow, there's God. It was, woe is me. Because he was not worthy to, to lay his eyes upon the Heavenly Father. And so, what you have in the Old Testament is very much a God that is so far above, so far separated, that we can't ever come in contact with God. See, that's not what the Trinity is about. Because, see, our understanding of Trinity is this. Like I said, it's all about relationship. Yes, the relationship with the, between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But more importantly, the Trinity, the part that we do need to know is that the Trinity is about God's relationship with us. And here's how it works. We have a Father who loves us so much so that he's his only Son. That God came to this world and encountered us where we are. Came to us. Became human. And then even when he ascended into heaven, sent his spirit to remain with us. 
we have a God who is not so other than that, that we can't have a relationship with him. We have a God that will stop at nothing to have a relationship with us. We have a God who will come to us in the form of the Father, who will be with us in the form of the Son, and who guides us in the form of the Spirit. This is how much God loves us, that nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from, from God's love. And that even God, in, in his formation, in, in his very presence, in his very person, is made in such a way that he can be with us and always reach us and come to us however, whenever, and wherever we need God to be. We're never going to understand the Trinity. In fact, if anybody tries to explain it to you, just run, run away. But here's what we do know. Here's what we do need to know. That the Trinity is all about love. The love that the Father has for the world. The love that the Son has by, by dying on a cross. And the love that the Spirit brings to us and brings through us each and every day. We have a God who will stop at nothing to be in relationship with us. So what will we do to be in relationship with him? Amen.